Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard that number where you can call in and ask your questions and ask for prayer here on Calvary Live. We want to welcome everyone on today's edition. It is the first day of November as we start a new month and as we are going to be starting the holiday season here, November, December where we talk a lot about Thanksgiving and celebrate Thanksgiving, of course, in a few weeks, and then the Christmas season. It's a very special time of the year, and so glad to be with you on Calvary Live. This is the program where you, the listener, get to call in and ask your questions and to give your prayer requests, maybe questions about the Bible or Christian living or what's our worldview as Christians, which is different than the world, the world's view, the world's philosophy. Um, We have a biblical worldview uh, as we see the things going on around us. So love to just be uh, an encouragement to you, to give you clarity and understanding the best I know how, uh, searching the scriptures. And uh, we want to be like Bereans that search the scriptures to see if these things be so. And just want to be able to um, pray for you as you call in with your prayer request. So 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. As I said, it's the first day of November. And uh, pray you're doing well. I want to welcome all those who are listening live on Grace FM today. Give me a call. And uh, it's a beautiful day here in Colorado. And we had our first snow, of course, last weekend. And um, there's uh, quite a bit of snow that uh, fell in our listening area. But um, got a beautiful day today as we head late into fall. And um, looking forward to just, I always love November. There's a lot that's going on. Uh, here at our church, uh, Operation Christmas Child, uh, uh, shoe boxes that people put together, and then we're the collection church uh, for all the boxes up here in, in the Well County area. Thousands of shoe boxes come through. We look forward to Thanksgiving, to the uh, Thanksgiving Eve service, getting ready for the holiday season of Christmas, New Year's. It's just a wonderful time of the year, but I also just want to Um, remind us as we begin to gear up and think about these things. And I know it's only the 1st of November, but uh, it's going to be honest here really quick in a few days uh, that remember that there are those who perhaps are really struggling during this season, maybe of loneliness or just hurting or whatever the case may be. And may we be sensitive to minister to those who just need a word of encouragement or just need to be blessed or uh, in some way, and to be a light to others, to give that message uh, of hope to others, um, that Jesus Christ came to this world to bring salvation, and to also be thankful. And I think it's so important for us as Christians to remember that we are to be thankful. The Bible talks a lot about it, be thankful in everything. And the psalmist David and the other psalmists in the book of Psalms speak about and express thanksgiving. And we have a reason to be thankful as Christians, and that is we have the Lord, don't we? We have salvation. And I know that some of you listening, you're going through a difficult season, or you're going through loss, or you hurt in your heart. 
but we always have a reason to be thankful in the Lord, the things of the Lord, and uh, to keep that thankful heart. And I know it's not always easy, but um, it is something that we can say, Lord, I can thank you that, that I have you, that I am saved, and I have your promises that are given to me. And Lord, I can thank you for that. And I can thank you in everything that you are with me and you promise never to leave me or forsake me. So welcome, Grace FM listeners. I want to welcome all those who are listening uh, Radio by Grace, uh, many stations across the United States. You're listening live on this Wednesday afternoon, evening on the East Coast, on uh, the first day of November. And then also those who are week delayed, Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, and Living Water Radio, Hope FM, uh, in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Maryland. I know you guys are a week delayed. What that simply just means is you can call and we'll have our conversation. You can ask your question or ask for prayer. And then they will air on the radio networks next week and you can listen to it. Uh, but I just want to remind those of you at Hope FM that my radio program, Under the Fig Tree, is going to begin today on the 1st of November at 8 o'clock in the evening. So check it out. Um, I hope you're blessed as you listen to it. Uh, and uh, Hope FM, Under the Fig Tree radio program uh, with Jeff Figs here in Greeley. And I believe that today we started the book of Daniel. So uh, I'd love to hear from you if uh, you catch the radio program. It's a blessing to you. And um, just so, so blessed to be able to uh, give the gospel and the truth of God's word over the, uh, the airwaves. Very grateful to Pastor Bill Lukerman, who uh, worked on uh, getting us on the air and um, just looking forward to being a blessing to you in Philadelphia, uh, those of you in Maryland, Baltimore, New Jersey, in that area. Atlantic City, he was showing me the pictures of the tower they put up in Atlantic City. So welcome you that are in Atlantic City. So give me a call. we got open lines, 303-690-3000. The call-in number to text line, 720-336-0897 for texting. It's for texting only. It's a different number, so put those two numbers in your contact, and whenever you want to communicate a question or a prayer request, you can do so at those two numbers, but we'd love to hear from you. Let's go to Adam in Colorado Springs. Hi, Adam. Hello. Um, How are are you? Oh, doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing good. (laughs) Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you. Um, we love listening to you guys on the in the car rides and everywhere we go. So good. Um, so this question comes uh, from my twelve year old daughter. Um, last live, we didn't quite get in, in time, but we started thinking of questions, and she came up with one that baffled me. And uh, hoping you would have some insight on it too. Um, pray the Holy Spirit helps you. Um, gather up. Uh So her question was, as it pertains to um, when Jesus was getting um, tested by the Pharisees, and they're trying to trap him and saying, well, you know, this dude, he, uh, you know, he married his brother's wife because he was deceased, and then his other brother, and then his other brother, and whose wife will he be in the kingdom? And and Jesus, he says something like, uh, you know, uh, well, don't you know, up in heaven, you're not given in marriage and right. all of this. And my daughter's reaction to that was, uh, are there going to be any children, like babies? <laughs> and I yeah. was like, you know, I never thought of that. Like, yeah, yeah. It, they're so uh, insightful, aren't they? And, um, and sometimes they'll ask, are there going to be any pets or animals up there? Um, 
the Bible doesn't say in that as the Sadducees were coming and they were trying to test Jesus, of course, right before he went to the cross. And, you know, the interesting thing about the Sadducees is uh, they're asking a question about the resurrection. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe yeah. in a- they didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the resurrection, and that's why Jesus says, "You're mistaken. Have you not read?" But he says, "We're not given to marriage in heaven. We'll be like the angels." And I mention that because sometimes people read that and they say, "In heaven, we're not going to be angels in heaven. Uh, we're going to be like the angels in that we're not going to reproduce. There's no you know reason for marriage. We're not given to marriage." But we will be in our glorified states as far as will there be children. The Scripture does not say, but uh, as as I read the Scriptures, that we will be glorified. It seems to indicate that there won't be children. There won't be babies in heaven. Um, but we don't know for sure. We're going to know each other um, because 1 Corinthians 13 says that um, that now I know in part, but then I know just as I am also known. So we're going to know one another. I have an opinion, Adam. It's just an opinion. I wouldn't make theology out of this. I think we're going to be all around 30 years of age. And the re- only reason I say that is because David was 30 years old when he became king. Jesus started his uh, earthly ministry at 30 years of age. Uh, we know that the priests and uh, the Levites would begin their ministry uh, at 30 years of age after they came into the Promised Land. So 30 years seems to kind of stick with me, that 30 years of age. But again, that's just a thought and opinion. I'm as wrong as anybody else, but there's no indication there's going to be children in heaven. Uh, But there is the clear indication. And um, it's going to be glorious and wonderful. And uh, and it'll be interesting to see um, what that all entails. We will recognize each other, but I'm sure that um, perhaps I'll have more hair or be thinner or whatever. <laughs> don't look as old because I'm, I'm starting yeah. to look old and I don't know, but it's going to be interesting. And, uh, but no indication of children in, in uh, heaven. Yeah. I was drawing from, you know, when Jesus said, you know, if you don't enter into the kingdom, like a child, you will no wise enter in. And I think it comes down to maybe even the physicality aside I think there's a jovialness to our minds that we are, you know, because there's timeless and it's eternal that I think, you know, our minds are both 30 years old. They're eternal years old and childlike at the same time, like, but actually physical babies. Yeah. I was like, man, that's a good question. Yeah. And and that's so good. You know, and, you know, just continue. Tell tell your yeah, daughter I said that was a very good question, and um, and to keep asking those questions. And um, I just love it um, when they do that. And sometimes, you know, it's, it makes you stop and wonder. Um, you know, Jesus said, out of the mouths of babes, and, uh, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But we just want to encourage them to keep searching the Scriptures, too, and asking those questions and growing in the Word of God. So appreciate it, Adam. Yeah, hey, before you go, uh, she wants to say hi. 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 Hey, I, I hope I answered your question okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You call anytime you got a question, okay? All right. All right. Blessings God to you bless guys. You. All right. Have a great <laughs> evening. You too. Bye.
All right. Love you guys down in Colorado Springs. Got a, a lot of good friends. It's where I started my ministry uh, um, there at Rocky Mountain Calvary years and years ago. Um, Rocky Mountain Calvary, if any of you uh, go to that church, um, uh, I started way back when the church started back in 1990, a long time ago. That's, of course, over 30 years ago. Um, I think 1988, about 35 years ago, when we were meeting in a little daycare center. And um, so just a lot of good memories, of course, would be on staff at Rocky Mountain. It was Rocky Mountain Calvary Chapel at that time. Uh, and then came up here to Greeley 28 years ago, be 28 years uh, this January where we started the church. So a lot of fond memories. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. So excited what God is doing with you down there uh, in Colorado Springs. So blessed to hear from you guys when you do call. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I uh, got open lines, text line 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Baltimore, George. Hi, George. Hello. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Well, I'm Pastor Jeff today, you know, and I forgot. Um, you you reminded <laughs> me of something. I forgot to tell everybody that who who was hosting today and Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. I'm filling in for my good friend Ed Taylor and I'll be filling in tomorrow as well. So uh, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> hey, hey, no problem. I'm just glad to get in and I appreciate you taking my call. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. What can we do for you today? Well, I had a question, okay? Um, I, I believe in the pre-tribulation and the pre-rapture, you know, the rapture of the church, mm-hmm. seven-year tribulation, the more to go into the millennial reign. Uh, I know there'll be believers that'll actually go through the tribulation period. Uh, as Christians, they got saved, they came through the tribulation period. The millennial reign, I believe that they'll go into the millennial reign as normal people, and we'll be down there with them in our glorified bodies as the church. Yes. My question was, what happened, where do the people that are in the millennial reign in natural bodies, where do they get their resurrected bodies to go into the new Jerusalem? Well, they will eventually get their new resurrected body. When we talk about the resurrection, of course, um, just for the sake of those who, some, because the resurrection can be very confusing to people, and you have a good understanding of it, I can, I can tell. But it's when we get our new glorified states. It's when um, at the rapture of the church, the church, those who are believers uh, in the church age, are going to get their new heavenly bodies that will last for all eternity. And you're right. We're going to rule and reign with Christ uh, in the millennium reign. Um, And then there's the tribulation saints that are going to be in the tribulation period. And they are going to, many of them are going to be put to death. Um, they're going right. to be put to death by the Antichrist, as well as the Jews being persecuted as well. And the believers, the tribulation saints, will eventually get their resurrected body. And then those who survive through the seven-year tribulation period, and when there is the restoration of Israel, where Paul says all of Israel will be saved, Zechariah speaks about that their eyes will be opened and they will mourn for him whom they have pierced. Jesus said it himself when he wept over Jerusalem, that you will see me no more until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So the res- the restoring of Israel, the national salvation is spoken of very clearly in the scriptures. And then those who survive will go into, there's the judgment of the nations, Matthew chapter 25. That's all part of the Olivet Discourse, where the sheep and the goats are separated and the sheep are going to go into the millennial reign. 
and they will live in their human bodies. And then after the millennial reign, it tells us in Revelation chapter 20 that the heavens and earth were found. There was nowhere to be found because, as Peter writes, that it will go up in a fervent heat. And so they will have their new glorified bodies at that time. Uh, Everybody by the end of the millennium reign is going to have glorified bodies. And then it's at that time, the great white throne judgment, that the unrighteous dead that were in Haiti are going to be resurrected. The second resurrection, which you don't want to be a part of, that's what the book of Revelation calls it, and they will be judged and cast in the outer darkness, the lake of fire for all eternity. So the millennium reign, the earth will repopulate um, as um, as the thousand-year reign takes place, but then eventually get their resurrected bodies. So the, so the saints that go into the millennial reign from the tribulation period, uh, Gentile or not, Jews or Gentiles, they'll get the resurrected body at the end of the millennial reign. Yeah, it, it, they'll, they'll get it at the end of the millennial reign. They'll go through the millennial reign. Now, the interesting question is, you can get very technical about this, is some people ask, will there be death in the millennium reign? And Isaiah gives a couple uh, scriptures that there there may be death. Um, it, it's not going to be like here, um, but that's a debate and a question as uh, Isaiah speaks about that. And I'll try to pull it up and, and make reference to it. Uh, but for the most part, people are going to live in a thousand-year reign, and then they will get their new glorified bodies. So everyone will be resurrected, Jesus the first fruits, 1 Corinthians 15, and then they will be resurrected in their own order. So that you can look at it chronologically. Uh, again, I'm thinking about it on the top of my head, uh, the rapture of the church where we get uh, res- uh, resurrected, then it seems to indicate that at the end of the tribulation period, that's when the Old Testament saints get resurrected, according to Daniel chapter 12. And then the, those who uh, go through the millennium reign, uh, they will be resurrected. And then, um, But eventually everyone's going to be a believer, a part of that first resurrection. Yeah. I kind of thought that the Old Testament saints might have got the resurrected body when Christ rose from the grave. Well, that's that's another good observation, because Matthew talks about a, kind of a very interesting event that took place, that when uh, he inserts that the the graves were opened up, right, in, in Jerusalem, yeah. and some of the saints were recognized. So what is yeah. that all about? I think the best answer that I've read is Dr. John Wolvold said that maybe that's the first fruits of the resurrection, of the Old Testament saints, the first fruits that come forward, and then the rest of the harvest will take place uh, as Daniel chapter 12, uh, as we read there. Uh, Let me read it to you. It says that at that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never since there was a nation, even to that time, and at that time your people shall be delivered. So speaking about the great tribulation period, and many yeah. who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. And so that many scholars believe that that's when the Old Testament saints, because Daniel is speaking about his people, um, the nation of Israel, uh, the emphasis there in the book of Daniel. Daniel doesn't mention the church. Uh, the focus no, is on mystery. Israel. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very interesting. So, but the good news is is that we're you know all believers will be resurrected to a new glorified body, like you said, 
and will enter into the new heaven and the new earth uh, for all eternity in a glorified state. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, Pastor. I, I, I couldn't figure it out, and I agree with everything you're saying. I knew that, but I just couldn't find in the Bible or the millennial reign where they got resurrected in the millennial reign. Yeah. I just couldn't it, find it. So yeah, I have it, heard that, too, that they get, they get the resurrected bodies at the end of the millennial reign. Yeah, and uh, that would make sense. So I do appreciate uh, your time. You bet, George. God bless you guys out there on the East Coast. Same, too. And thanks again for your time, and have a good night. All right. You bet. 303-690-3000 is the call in 720-336-0897. Uh, George, I just want to remind you, I know that you're a week delayed, but uh, maybe some out there listening online that my radio program, Under the Fig Tree, is now going to air on Hope FM at 8 o'clock. And I believe we started the book of Daniel today. Um, and so it's going to be a wonderful study. Hope you're blessed. Hope you tune in. Love to hear feedback as you guys um, have um, under fig tree that is there for you. There have been a lot of requests for me to be on the radio, and so God has opened up the door And with the work of Pastor Bill Lukerman and looking forward uh, just to hear from you guys and so grateful just to be a small part of what God is doing in your life to be able to bless uh, to be able to be a voice of truth over the air. So um, just want to remind you that, excited about it. Uh, we got a couple open lines again, 303-690-3000. On this Wednesday, the 1st of November, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. And I think I may have forgot to say that at the beginning of the show. My um, good friend uh, Ed Taylor usually is in uh, the, um, the seat that um, as he... Uh, is hosting the show, and today I'm uh, just filling in for him. I'll be doing that tomorrow as well. And very grateful that he entrusts me to do Calvary Live as, and uh, such a wonderful, wonderful ministry. So love to hear from you. This is your show, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And let's go to New Windsor, Illinois, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. How are you? A little tired, but doing well. I just got off of work. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you took the time to call. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So my question for you today is um, what, like, traditional gender roles have recently had a lot of um, controversy built up around them. And speaking from... Ephesians 6, 5 or 6, I believe, uh, the traditional gender roles in the Church and in uh, uh, family, like, would you explain a little bit what they are? Yeah, and I think, you know, Alex, you're asking a very important question, because you mentioned that what is tradition, or what we have seen in even in the Church, unfortunately— is kind of a dismissal of the roles that God has given to us. He's given us roles as men and women. He's given us roles as husbands and wives. He's given us roles even in the church and leadership. And those roles are to be taken and um, and to be followed. And you have culture that comes against those roles. You have culture that says, you know, there is no two genders. First of all, we need to understand that the Bible is very clear. In the beginning, he made them male and female. Uh, we know that from Genesis chapter 2, and we also know that from 
the answer Jesus gave to the religious leaders in Matthew chapter 19 when he said that, have you not read in the beginning, they shall make them male and female when they're asking about marriage and divorce. So there's two genders, male and females. There's not many genders. The Bible is very clear about that. And when it comes to marriage, that the definition of marriage is given to us in Genesis chapter 2, that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So the definition of marriage, God-ordained marriage, not man, uh, it's a holy institution, it's his holy institution, and it's between a man and a woman. And then we know that as Paul comes along in Ephesians chapter 5, and he tells us what our responsibilities are in our roles as husband and wives, as fathers, as mothers, as men and women of God. And uh, again, that gets challenged or dismissed. And I believe, Alex, that the great need in the church today is that men lead in the way that God has called them to lead. And in leading as a husband to be the head of the wife, it does not mean that God favors the man over the woman in that that the woman is inferior inferior to the man, that, that man is better than woman, that God loves a man more than woman. He's just given us different roles. And in that role and responsibility of being a leader in the marriage and even in the home, I, I really emphasize this to men. Take the role that God has given to you. And it means serving. It means cherishing. It means loving. It means doing it by humility. It's not being overbearing. It's not by being all dictatorial uh, and that kind of mindset that sometimes people think that that's what men are to do. It is we are to love our wives as Christ loves the church. We're to nurture and cherish our children and raise them in the admonition of the Lord, that we're to lead in a way that um, we are willing to love our wives as Christ loves the church. That means love her unconditionally and be willing to lay down your life. And as we are doing that, taking on the role of of men, being godly, living in a godly way, desiring to lead our families, then God's going to bless that family. He will bless the marriage, and he will bless the you know the parent responsibility as we raise our children in the ways of the Lord. We could talk a lot about it. We don't, you know, because of the sake of radio and everything, but be firmly look at the roles that God has given to you. And then ask God, Lord, help me be the man of God that you've called me to be. And don't let culture come along and the world's philosophy and cheat you out of that. And I believe the great need in the church today, this is my own opinion, is that men be men. That men stand up for the Lord and they model themselves after the man's man, Jesus Christ, and take on the roles that God has given to them. Amen. And Yeah, I was... Yeah, I was just ahead. wondering what your opinion was on that, because, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't think that men need to be men, and there's a lot of confusion on what a real man is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, I, and the Bible tells us, and um, and we, we should ask the Lord. And it isn't, you know, the macho, you know, kind of thing or Hollywood definition. It is God's definition of a man who's going to lead in humility, is going to lead, be strong for his family, strong and courageous. And be. I, I think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah said, you know, God is great and awesome, and fight for your wives, fight for your children, fight for your brethren. Be men. If 
fight the good fight of the spirit and take on that role of being a leader and don't be passive about it. But we need God's help. And as we are leading in the way that we should be, in a way that should bring blessing and joy, and sometimes, you know, wives be submissive to your husbands, that's their role, that they think that's just, you know, that's wrong and all of this. I have joy submitting to the Lord. And it, and if a man is leading the way he's supposed to be, then it will be a joy for a wife to submit to her husband as unto the Lord. There's a submission to, to the Lord in both areas. Submit to the Lord. Um, and then different roles that are given to us, and we're to take on those roles and ask God for help. Good question, Alex. God bless you. Appreciate it. Get some rest tonight. Hey, 303-690-3000. You hear the music. And so give me a call. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. You just heard those two numbers where you can be a part of the show. 303-690-3000 will get you to me for your questions and your prayer requests. I believe we got all open lines right now. So I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to answer your questions or pray with you or encourage you. And we've had a great first half of the show, but it's wide open right now on this Wednesday, the first day of November. As we start a new month, we start the month of Thanksgiving. And we're going to be talking a lot about Thanksgiving, what the scripture has to say about Thanksgiving um, and being thankful in our hearts. As I mentioned at the opening of the show, um, it really is important important for us as Christians to be thankful, to, to have uh, uh, thankfulness in our heart because the Lord has saved us. Uh, and I know that we go through difficult seasons and hurts and, um, and tough stuff, and, but we have reason to be thankful because we have the Lord and we have his promises and we have his salvation. And then we'll be entering into the Christmas season here. And um, to I pray for us that we we just share that good news that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Um, and we, we, most of us, we love this season, but for a lot of people, this can be very difficult because they're alone or they're just hurting or um, they're isolated or whatever the case may be. We want to be sensitive to minister to others during this season and be a blessing to them. So give me a call. we got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I just want to, we uh, had to kind of rush a little bit with Alex. And Alex, I don't know if you're still listening. You're on your way home. He's calling from Illinois. Uh, but Alex, thanks for calling. I think that's probably the first call I've gotten from Illinois. So just uh, so grateful for those in the Midwest uh, listening in as well. Uh, but Alex, you asked a very good question, and I think that um, just kind of a little bit of follow-up on that, uh, he was asking about the roles of men and women in the church, um, that it's important for us to understand that, and important to understand that God ordained marriage. He ordained the family. Um, the family is very important, an important unit. And I think that we see just the consequences and the repercussion of, you know, just the devastating effects 
of our culture and our society uh, in our nation because we are redefining the roles of men and women, what it means to lead. And, um, and we are to, not only in the family, but in the church as well, uh, have a good understanding of what it means to lead. Leading doesn't mean that you rule over people with a heavy hand. It means that, you know, just as uh, Paul would write, I think of his letter to the Colossian believers, when he's speaking about uh, those who are bosses, supervisors, employers, remember that you have a master in heaven. We're to treat one another in a godly way and to lead what it means to lead. And I think, again, that's a great need in the church today is we need to do that. Um, And uh, we need to be ones that uh, are... Uh, just desiring to ask God for help in that. Men, lead. Lead your families. Serve your wife. Cherish her. You do everything that you can in a godly way to just live with her in an understanding way, to, to, to love her unconditionally, to be willing to lay down your life. You make your home a sanctuary, that there's psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. That's all part of, of Ephesians chapter 5 giving thanks to the Lord, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Protect your homes. Raise your children in the ways of the Lord. Um, Teach them the things of God, because if you don't, the world's going to go after them, and the world's going to pull them uh, away from the Lord. And there's two things that we can give our families, our wives, our children, and we at the church as kids come here to learn, and that is God's love and God's truth. And that's something that the world will not give them. So lead in a way uh, to where you're doing it in humility and dependency upon the Lord and um, to do it in a way that even as Joshua was told, be strong and, and of good courage. And he stood up and he said, as far as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So just some encouragement is there. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Uh, we're going to go to phone lines here in just a second, but I do want to also mention uh, not only are we starting on Hope FM on the East Coast, this Sunday at Calvary Chapel Greeley, I am starting a new series, an eight-week series on Behold, the Days Are Coming. You see that phrase over 20 times in the Old Testament, and it comes from Amos chapter 9. It speaks about when Israel comes back into the land, that they're going to plant the vineyards, they're going to build the ancient cities, um, and they're not going to be plucked out again. And I think there needs to be a good understanding of what's going to take place in the last days, and there's a lot of confusion. Uh, I've gotten calls here on the radio, emails, uh, people asking me uh, about certain things. Is this the end of the world? Is this Ezekiel 38? Uh, Where are things headed? And I just want to be able to give a good understanding of the prophetic scenario that is before us. So uh, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock, Calvary Chapel Greeley, love for you to come. Got a wonderful children's ministry, middle schoolers uh, meet as well. Um, And uh, we're just going to look at this week uh, the role of Israel in the last days. Israel plays a very important role. And then we're going to talk about um, week two, the rapture of the church. Then we're going to look at Ezekiel 38 and 39 for two weeks. We're going to look at the um, millennium reign and the tribulation period, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, And then uh, we're going to 
uh, continue to look at, we're going to look at the deception in the church and a false church that will be on the scene. So we all have a good understanding. So Calvary Chapel Greeley, if you want to listen on live stream, because uh, a lot of people listen throughout the country on live stream, Calvary Chapel Greeley, G-R-E-E-L-E-Y dot org. And you can go to the live stream and you can pick up those teachings or, um, and we're looking forward to it. So, um, Behold, the days are coming. Not that they might come, or it's a possibility they might come. They will come, it's certain. And it's important for us to be wise and discerning of the days in which we're in. And that's, we can minister to others, particularly during the holiday season, when we're with family and friends and coworkers that are wondering what's going on and uh, what's going on with the wars. Is World War Three? is, you know, this is in the world. Uh, there uh, have some asked me, I listen to YouTube and they're saying we're in the tribulation period. We are not in the tribulation period. And this is not Ezekiel 38, but there are stage-setting events that are before us that are very significant. So we're going to be talking about that. Let's go to Scotty and Greeley. Hi, Scotty. Hi. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. You're on Calvary Live. Awesome. I had a question for you uh, about... What the Lord has to say about consuming substances such as magic mushrooms and cannabis? Well, the Bible's real clear in Ephesians chapter 5 that don't be filled with wine, uh, those things that affect your mind, uh, and be filled with the Spirit. Uh, we see that, let me read it to you in Ephesians 5 as I turn there, that see that you walk circumspectly, that means carefully, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, understand what the will of the Lord is, and don't be drunk with wine, which is the dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. We as Christians, we need to be careful that we're not filling ourselves with, you know, drugs um, and and alcohol. It's not just wine, uh, but anything that's going to alter our mind. We want to be filled with the Spirit. And I think that you can see in the book of Leviticus, in the book of Leviticus, we see that Aaron's two sons were consumed by fire there in the temple. And the indication was they were drunk with wine because the Lord said to Aaron, when your other two sons go in to the uh, to the tabernacle there, make sure that they haven't been drinking wine so that they can discern between what is holy and unholy, what is clean and unclean, what is good and what is wrong. In other words, that if we are filling our minds, you know, with substances, wine, drugs, those things, we're not going to be able to discern what is holy and unholy. We're going to be altered, and we need to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much. You know, Scotty, here's the thing. It's legal to go and buy alcohol, okay? But not everything that's legal is good for you. And I was just talking with somebody about it today, that I've seen alcohol destroy so many lives. I've seen alcohol destroy so many families and marriages. Or, you know, it may be legal to buy, you know, mushrooms or I don't know what's all on the market today or marijuana, but it isn't wise. And that's what Paul's saying. Be wise. Walk carefully and be under the influence of the Holy Spirit and have self-control and be able to discern what is right and wrong, what is holy and unholy, what is clean and unclean. can't do that if you're under the control of substances like that. So it may be legal, but it doesn't mean it's good for you. 
And it doesn't mean that it's the will of God that you, you know, be under those influences. I agree. Thank you so much again. You bet, Scotty. God bless you. I appreciate your calling. It was a good question. God bless you. Uh-huh. Be filled with the Spirit, folks, you know. And, and again, um, the Bible does talk about drunkenness and, you know, the sin of drunkenness. But as a pastor over 30 years, I have seen so many lives destroyed by alcohol. Please, please be wise. Be careful. Um, give yourself over to the Lord. Uh, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with his joy. Um, and And... and you know, I know people, will, you know, with the holidays coming, uh, will have a glass of wine and things like that. That's that's between you and the Lord. Uh, but we shouldn't be glorifying those things and, and um, under the influence of those things at all. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to uh, Mulaney in Thornton. Is it Mulaney? Melanie. Melanie. I just realized that right when you said it. I read it wrong. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Melanie. <laughs> Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah, so I had um, I had a question that's kind of been, like, on my heart, and I wasn't sure how to, to go about it. But um, the question came up uh, this past Sunday, uh, like, how do, how do we, um, in, like, a congregation, pour into our pastors when they, they pour so much into us? Like, how, how would one go about doing that? Well, I've been in ministry. I've been a pastor for 32 years. And I'll tell you the two things that are a blessing to me. Number one is when I have somebody in a congregation says, I'm praying for you. Then I'm praying for you, pastor. I'm praying for your family. And then second of all, just encouragement. Just, you know, encouragement that, you know, thank you. you you've been a blessing not looking for all the pat on the backs and, you know, being elevated and, you know, all these other things. But the two things that really encourage me is when I know that somebody is praying for me and saying, I'm praying for you, Pastor, because pastors are under a lot of attack. Just, you know, as you're mentioning that, they're under a lot of pressure. Um, You can read the statistics on pastors. They don't have very many friends. Um, they, They feel very stressed. A lot of pastors quit the ministry before they reach retirement age. Uh, You can see the road of ministry scattered with the bones and carcasses of those who have entered into the ministry and and just, you know, quit, ended up, um, you know, just leaving the ministry because it's too hard. Um, That's for the vast majority of pastors. Um, And you can be greatly discouraged. But the other thing, too, is we need your prayers because— there's a lot of attack that comes. The enemy has um, put pastors as a priority. And the reason is, is because if that man of God who is faithful to the calling of God is stopped, and it can have far-reaching effects. If he can keep him from continuing in ministry or uh, attack his family or whatever the case may be, then it's going to have far-reaching effects in the body of Christ. And so pray for your pastor. Let him know you're praying for him. Ask your pastor, how can we, you know, pray for you? And, at you know, when I first began ministry, I used to think, you know, that was kind of a a sign of 
just kind of being wimpy or weak if I asked for prayer. Then I began to read the scriptures closely to see that Paul asked for prayer. He asked for prayer. He said, pray for me, and I need prayer. And how foolish it was to think that way in my younger years. I need the prayers of my people. And I I say, I don't ask a lot from you guys, but two things. I need your prayers. And then just your support, because there are some times that people will come into the church and they're looking to pick a fight or they're looking to cause problems or I'm going to show the pastor this or whatever it may be. But to just be there to encourage him um, and to support and um, to be there um, to 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 let them know um, that um, we're here to support you uh, in this ministry and we're for you. And those are the things that are important to me. It doesn't mean that we always agree. And it doesn't mean that um, people will stay. Sometimes they will leave um, because God is the shepherd that will move his sheep around. But, you know, it can be really discouraging when people come along. And while I, I know how what you're going through, Pastor, it's like, well, respectfully, you know you don't. You don't. You don't know the phone calls. You don't know the emails. You don't know the difficulties and the pressures. So I ask you to pray for me and just give words of encouragement to him that, that you know, uh, God is using you. Or uh, thank you for just pouring into our congregation. Just little things like that. And it'll go a long, long ways. Okay, well, thank you so much. That has been really heavy on my heart because I've I've seen my pastor and I've seen how much him and his family just pour out into us. And then I'm like, well, how like? And I I did ask him that question, like, well, who's pouring into you? And and um, it really it just really struck home to my heart. So well, <laughs> thank well, you so th- much. Well, thank you for, for being sensitive to pastors, Melanie, and to your pastor. And I know that he will deeply appreciate it. But I also want to say to pastors that may be listening. It's important that that we have fellowship with others as well. There are pastors in my life that I can call and talk to, um, that they have a better understanding of, you know, the pressures of ministry and stuff. And I think it's important because what can happen as pastors is we can isolate ourselves. And um, and I remember those years of kind of doing that when I came up here to Greeley. I was the only Calvary Chapel pastor north of Denver. There weren't a lot of other Calvary Chapel pastors. But the blessing that I've had is to know uh, pastors, you know, um, in the Calvary Chapel. Uh, my good friend Ed Taylor uh, has been a tremendous blessing to me, um, willing to come up and uh, spend time with me uh, when I've said, you know, Ed, please pray for me, and willing to drive up to Greeley and just just to encourage me. What a tremendous brother. Um, I've had others uh, that pastors here uh, even in the area that uh, have been an encouragement to me. I have had others that are in ministry uh, that are, are a great encouragement to me, and I think that that fellowship is really important that pastors have to pray for one another, uh, especially in the day in which we're in. Um, so just kind of a little reminder to all the pastors that are out there, you know, find some some uh, others that you can talk to and pray with and Uh, be encouraged by, and I'm blessed to have that and good relationship with some in the area. So thank you, Melanie. I know I kind of went a little bit off script there, but just important, um, you know, reminders for us as pastors. And thank you for, 
Thank you for supporting your pastor. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, you have a good day. You too, Melanie. God bless you. 303-690-3000. Pray for your pastor. Pray for him. And um, pray for your leadership in your home. Uh, they need your prayers because it is difficult, difficult days right now. And um, and they need your, your prayers, your support, your encouragement uh, in every way. So thank you, Melanie, for bringing up a subject that's very important. Uh, let's see. Let's go to 303-690-3000. we got a little bit of time left. Let's go to Mike and Greeley. Hi, Mike. Oh, hi, Pastor Jeff. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. I'm uh, just, uh, I just uh, I echo the last call. Uh, I, I actually go to your church. I started going about a year ago after hearing you on uh, Grace FM, and uh, I, you know, I appreciate it. But uh, I, I just had a had a quick uh, question. Uh, I was wondering, you know, with all of the uh, anti-Semitism the, the, on the college campuses and all around the world, and I was kind of wondering what the uh, origin of anti-Semitism was. I, I know it's a, a demonic thing, but it seemed like I read once where it goes clear back when Abraham and Sarah had Isaac, and then Abraham had Ishmael with Hagar, and that was kind of the beginning of that uh, rift of, and does, does that, yeah, does that, that make had, any sense? Yeah, it does, Mike, and again, thank you, and I appreciate your encouragement. I'm glad you found us here at Calvary Greeley. But to to answer your question, um, there's a spiritual dimension to it. It's more than you and I know, and, and a lot of us, it's more than a geopolitical um, answer. Um, you know, we know that the covenant went from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we're even going to talk about it on Sunday, that to understand the end, we have to understand the beginning. And Abraham was told a covenant was given to him, the Abrahamic covenant. It was an unconditional covenant, a unilateral covenant, that Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. And it would include a a physical blessing of your descendants are going to number the the stars of heaven. And I'm going to give you this land that's that is given in chapter 13, chapter 15, chapter 17, reiterated to uh, to Isaac, reiterated to Jacob, the boundaries of the land that is Israel today and beyond, from the Nile River clear to the Euphrates River and, and beyond. So God says, and, and it's important for us to understand this, because people are looking at it, what's going on in Israel today, through a geopolitical um, perspective. Uh, We're not going to find the truth through um, news analysts, through uh, college professors, um, through um, those kinds of things. The the world's, you know, uh, philosophy is going to come from the Bible. And God said that also there's a spiritual blessing that Abraham, through you, through your seed, all the the nations of the world are going to be blessed, of course, speaking of Messiah. So ever since then, you know, even in Genesis chapter 2, that the seed from the woman, he's going to, um, you're going to serpent, bruise his heel, he's going to crush your head. So the enemy, you know, knowing that the promised Messiah is going to come, he doesn't want his head to get crushed. And knowing that it's going to come through Abraham, there's been a demonic 
uh, you know, attack on the descendants of Abraham, one of the Jewish people. You see that with a Pharaoh who made the decree to, to you know, to drown all the male children, um, you know, that were born uh, there in Egypt. You see it with the story of Esther, how they were going to kill all the Jews. He didn't want Messiah to come. He didn't want Messiah to come uh, because he didn't want to get his head crushed. He, You see it um, even in the Matthew's Gospel, the story of Christmas, the account of Christmas, that Herod the Great made a decree to kill all the male children two years and under um, there in Bethlehem. So Satan did everything he could to try to keep the Messiah from coming. But Messiah came, died for our sins, and and we know that there's a promise, and this is why it's so important for us to understand the role of Israel in the last days, that there's going to be a prerequisite of of Jesus coming, and that is the restoration of Israel, where their eyes are going to be opened up, and there's going to be a national uh, salvation that will come, the restoring of Israel. And and that's going to take place. So Satan doesn't want that to happen. So he's doing everything he can to try to destroy the Jews still and trying to get rid of God's people. I mean, he attacks us, the church, but he has a target for them. So you see this anti-Semitism that is growing. The The Bible speaks of it. You see it on the campuses. And on the campuses, again, we don't have time, you know, for, you know, because we're limited um, that right. they're they're getting misinformation. There was never a Palestinian country, and right. we know that um, that in 135 BC, the Emperor of Rome he named the land Palestine, but there was never a country. And in 1947, when the UN came up with the plan, we'll have a Jewish state and a Palestinian state. The Palestinians said no. Uh, the other nations said, we want to push the Jews into the sea. The Jews said, yeah, we'll take that deal. And then, of course, they they um, proclaimed independence in 1948, May 14th. They were attacked by five countries. And so Israel is told in the scriptures that they're going to be isolated more and more to where it's going to come to at the end of the tribulation period that Jerusalem will be a cup of trembling to all the nations, all the nations are eventually going to turn their back on Israel. And, and that's, you know, right now, the United States has been an ally of Israel, uh, has supported Israel. Um, I believe that that promise is still true, that he will bless those who bless you. He will curse those who curse them. I think one of the reasons why the Lord really has blessed the United States is because of the way that we've supported Israel it hasn't been perfect. But um, Israel is going to find themselves being isolated, and we're going to see that it's going to lead to where the Antichrist is going to go after the Jews. You know, even even with the Holocaust, one out of every three Jews were killed through the Holocaust. Oh, um, and And Satan trying to destroy the Jews, and then the Antichrist, this is what's very sobering. Zechariah chapter uh, 14 uh, tells us that it seems to indicate that the Antichrist is going to kill two out of every three Jews. They're going oh, to go boy. through the fire. They're going to go through tremendous tribulation. Um, and at the end, as it looks like they're going down, they'll cry out to the Lord. Um, just very sobering things that, that we see that are mentioned in the Scriptures. 
And um, but it's it's more than just geopolitical. It is a spiritual thing that has taken place. Uh, says the Lord here that it will come to pass in all the land, says the Lord. This is Zechariah chapter 13, that two-thirds of it shall be cut off, but one-third should be left in it. And I will bring one-third through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. And they will call on my name and I will answer them. And I will say, this is my people. And each one will say that the Lord is my God very sobering verses that are given to us there in Zechariah. And Zechariah also talks about in the next chapter weapons of mass destruction that are used in the in the very last of days. Um, and so there's difficult days coming across. And so, Mike, that's why I'm doing this series. I want people to understand the role of Israel, to understand what the prophetic scenario is. Um, and we're not doing it to scare people. We're doing it so we can be wise and discerning and prepared. And when we see these things begin to come to pass, we can look up and rejoice because our redemption draws near. And so we're going to see that um, anti-Semitism. Unfortunately, I believe the scripture gives indication that uh, it's going to grow and um, it's going to be the nations isolating Israel uh, to where they're going to have to depend on the Lord um, completely, solely, and not any other nation. Yeah. Very sobering. Okay. All right, Mike. Yeah. Hope to see you on Sunday. It's going to be a good okay, one. Thanks. thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Hey, I'll be back tomorrow. Same time on Calvary Live. Great show today. So give me a call tomorrow if you didn't get a chance to call. In the meantime, keep reading your Bibles. But love to talk to you tomorrow if you get a chance. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.